You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Cher and Candace discuss more on attachment wounds that lead to our attachment styles in adulthood. When we develop an insecure attachment style through childhood, adult relationships have extra challenges. Understanding how the attachment wound developed will give us the compassion we need to heal as we learn how to experience secure attachments in our relationships today. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candice. Good to see you. Good to see you today, too. We're just going to jump right in today. We have a few things that we want to cover. And the first thing that we want to say is this is part two to the episode that we did last week on attachment wounds that often lead to our attachment style. And today we're really going to focus on how do we heal those attachment wounds? And we're going to talk about that we do that through having earned secure attachments. Super excited about the conversation today. Yeah, me too. I also want to mention that we are facilitating our first workshop coming up in November. And would you like to just share with our listeners a little bit of that information? Yeah, the the title is, Can I Really Change the Art of Healing from Childhood Wounds? And as Candace said, we are super excited about this. We've been working on it for a while and just can't wait to bring this Um, both education and a practice that uh, we want to introduce our listeners to who are looking for something that they can add to their toolbox that we are just finding to be really effective. And this is going to be on November 5th, which is a Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Central Time. And it will be three hours, so 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. And you can go to our Facebook page at Processing Trauma Out Loud, or you can go to our website at www.processingtraumaoutloud.com. And there will be information and a link where you can sign up. This seminar is very affordable. We want it to be affordable to everyone, really. Check it out and sign up if this is something that interests you. Thank you. And thank you for leading me into this practice that you're going to be doing with those who sign up for this workshop. I can just say from experience, it's been very helpful for me. Well, before we get into the the subject that we're going to talk about today, I am going to read a few quotes that we read on our last episode when we were talking about attachment, attachment wounds. And the first quote that I want to read is, you know, why are we talking about attachment? And it is because our unhealed wounds are the unconscious drivers that lead us to try and meet our current needs in ways that can still hurt us. Do you want to read the one by Dan Siegel that we read? Dan Siegel, who is just really an authority on this whole area of attachment and attachment wounds and attachment styles and healing from attachment said, the emotional quality of our earliest attachment experience is perhaps the single most important influence of human development. Mm, Such a profound and weighty statement. Yeah, I think so too. And I would say even a little bit undervalued. I I think we can we can miss this, I think, sometimes and not really look at the importance of 
What is my attachment style? How is it affecting my relationships? And what does it tell me about my stories and about my trauma? There's so much in this topic of attachment wounds. Yeah. Do you want to just briefly talk about why why are we talking about attachment wounds? I know we've said a lot, especially in our previous episode, but let's just kind of review that again, why we're talking about this. Kind of what we just said in the quotes, really, that we cannot really talk about childhood trauma or developmental trauma and bypass this issue of attachment. One of the most important things in our lives is the quality of our relationships. It, it also, our relationships can also be the, the area that really shines the light on, hey, something doesn't feel good here. Something's not right. I don't like this aspect of my life. And that can really be when there's pain in our relationships, that can really lead us to go to this place where we would say, I want some help. I need some healing because I want to do life differently. I don't want to live my whole life this way. And so looking at our trauma requires us to look at our attachment because they are so interconnected. We often come to this conclusion sometimes later in life because we, we find ourselves in these reenactment relationships and we get to this point where we, it's, it's this thought. I know you've heard this before and it, it is kind of funny, but it's true. Everywhere I go, there I am. Yeah. We start to become the common denominator in some of these repetitive things that we keep bumping into. And not that other people don't have a play in it. But is there some healing we can do that we can begin to show up differently? And other people do have a play in it. And the truth is we will keep attracting the same type of person over and over because what I perceive my need to be and what I perceive them to be able to offer draws me into these relationships. But then once I get into them, I recognize that, ooh, what they're giving me doesn't feel the way that I was hoping for. And so let's just jump right into, we talked a lot about this in our previous episode. So today is a very quick summary of the different styles of attachment wounds. Would you just give a quick summary of those, Candice? We have four different attachment patterns. And one is the secure attachment, which is the child that grows up mostly feeling seen, safe, soothed, and secure, you know, at, at least 50% of the time, because we, we want to quickly mention this isn't about being perfect. But then the other three attachment patterns are the insecure attachments. And the first one that I'm going to mention is the anxious, or it's called preoccupied. And this kind of attachment wound causes us very high stress when we feel like a relationship is losing connection. And, and we go towards, you know, needy and can be overbearing and wanting extreme reassurance. The other one is called the dismissive avoidant or the avoidant. And this attachment pattern causes us high stress when we feel that the relationship is asking for more than we have the capacity to give and sometimes want to give. And then the final is the fearful avoidant or can be called disorganized or chaotic. And this attachment pattern causes us both fear 
that we are being disconnected because we do crave the intimacy, but then when it comes, we actually push it away at the same time. And this can be an internal struggle that actually can be going on simultaneously, a very hard place to be. All of them are hard place when we're not securely attached. And so that's just a brief overview. And our listeners can go back and listen to our previous episode where we talk more in depth about each one of those. Yeah. And then in a minute, we're going to talk about earned secure attachment, which is the healed and the healing journey into what do we do about these places of attachment wounds. But even right before we jump into that, I want to just mention, because we did talk a couple of weeks ago about inner child. I want to just name that I think that it is our inner child or parts, if you're familiar with more than one aspect of that, that can carry these different attachment wounds and these different attachment styles. If we get into touch more and more with our inner child and come to understand them, we will see how they're carrying these attachment styles and where the wounds originated in those young places. And then we can begin to actually heal those wounds through our story work and through our inner child work. So mm-hmm. just wanted to mention that too, right before we jump into what, what is earned secure attachment and how do we begin to move toward that? Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned the inner child because I also want to say, yes, we see how they're affecting us. But as we work with our trauma-informed story work coaches and guides, we also understand why. And that why is so key for us to begin to bring real tender care with much compassion and curiosity for why we have those wounds. But yeah, getting into what is an earned secure attachment and how do we develop this? It's it's the thing that we kind of preach every week, right? It's it's story work. It is beginning to look at our own stories that have those wounds and get an understanding of our narratives. When we've had developmental childhood trauma, we will have a hard time coming up with a cohesive narrative that makes sense for why we show up the way we do today. And it's a very painful, confusing, ambivalent place to be. So the first thing is really understanding our our stories. Yeah, so important. And I think another area that is so important is to have relationships where we are encouraged to use our voice Mm -hmm. because trauma silences us. It causes us to go into hiding and to be buried beneath shame and all all of that, which can really cause us to silence our voice or to use our voice even in ways that are not authentic to who we truly are. So a part of moving toward earned secure attachment is to be in places where our true authentic voice is encouraged, where people basically say, I really want to know what you're thinking, or I really would like you to tell me what just happened. I saw that clench, or I saw you look away, and I'm just wondering what really happened there. And sometimes we really need to be urged to bring our truth forward and to say what we really felt in that moment. So using our voice. Yeah. And using our voice in the context with people that have done their own work 
Otherwise, the other person will be triggered by what's triggering us. And so having that detached witness that, you know, of course we can affect them, but they're not taking our triggers personally, like maybe a friend that we're really close to who isn't doing the work or our spouse. And so our, our story work coaches or our friends who are doing the same work, they're the ones they're going to move in close and say, I really want to hear more about this. Yeah. And it is powerful. And, um, you know, I've gotten to witness you using your voice in our story work group. And and I saw a few years ago (laughs) how hard that was for you in the beginning. Yeah. It's gotten easier not just in our group too, but even in my friendships now where I am able to show up differently now and where I can say, hey, I felt like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and I can be more open and honest and authentic because I have that sense now of secure earned attachment. And I'm not I'm not in a place of that insecurity where I lived so much of my life, really, of of fearing that if I ever let someone see something about me that was under the the shroud of shame, that I would be left and that I would be rejected. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to show up and bring my voice not only in our group and not only with our my coach, but even more and more now into my real relationships. I love that. I love that so much, you know, which leads us to being, you know, with those who can also help us name our emotions. When we've had childhood trauma, there are emotions that we cut off from that either weren't allowed, or if we did show up with that emotion, there was a, a price to pay. And so we, there's just certain emotions that we won't allow ourselves to feel or name. And so having someone else that can come sometimes even, you know, not tell us what they, that we feel, but sometimes they can help us have words and we connect with it. And it's just powerful because if, if you were told or if you were shown, you can't feel anger. And then all of a sudden you have this space where people are inviting you to feel your anger. It can be a little dysregulating. We learn that all of our emotions have a purpose and all of our emotions need attunement and care. Yeah. And I want to just even share a, a little story about that that happened, I think it was last week in our Pearls meeting. And I was voicing real intense anger about a situation that some some one of our um, friends is going through. And I I just got very passionate and I really expressed anger and my voice, I got a little choked up. And I kind of ended by saying, okay, I'm done with my rant. It was quiet for a second. And then one of our friends said, Cher, I really want you to know I saw your anger and I saw your tears and I'd like to hear more. Mm -hmm. And where I was going to very quickly just say, okay, move on. Instead, we were able to move in and we didn't stay there real long, but it was really meaningful to me. That time was taken right there in the moment for me to just say, yeah, what's going on for this friend is triggering some things in my history. And my anger 
which I lived most of my life not being able to express anger, but my anger that I feel for what she is going through just feels so just. And it was good. It was a beautiful moment for me of being able to have my emotions acknowledged and named and then being invited to use my voice. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. And it makes me, I'm I'm aware that there's times that one of us will get in that same space and it's kind of this like, we need to move on. And not always, but mostly someone's going to say, can we just slow down a little bit and hear a little bit more? And we're like, no, I don't want to deal with this. And you dealt with it so beautifully. And I'm so glad that we got to hear more from you in that moment. Really leads us to being able to express what we need. And, And even though you didn't express that you needed to be able to share more, the level of attunement in our group was this invitation we feel like you need to share more. And that was beautiful. And, you know, you, you had shared a story a few weeks ago about how your story coach, when we did the episode on our story coaches, that that question kind of even frustrated you in the beginning, because you couldn't identify what you needed. Yeah. And I also want to just say that what happened last week in our, in our group, soothing didn't come prematurely. We can sometimes be really quick to soothe someone if they get, you know, big emotions, right? Just like, oh, it's okay. Yes, I understand. Now settle down so we don't have to see that anger. I think what was really meaningful for me was first I was seen and I was invited. And then after I was able to express, then there was the soothing that came and the validation. And That too just felt very significant for me. Yeah, that's a very good point to make that sometimes we're trying to soothe too soon because we don't like the way we feel. And then we do miss the other person. One way that we develop this, and we aren't going to talk a lot about this because we are going to have some episodes in the future about rupture and repair and relationships. It's such a big topic. But we do experience earned secure attachments when we do have rupture and repair in the midst of experiencing kindness and curiosity that typically we felt a lot of contempt or we felt abandoned and ended up isolated. We get into this relationship and there's a mutuality that we want to deal with whatever whoever was hurt. And, and bring that repair because we value the relationship and yeah. we value the person. Yeah. And I think for both of us, experiences with rupture and repair are literally life-changing. When you have come from a childhood where there was a lot of rupture and not very much repair, to experience someone moving toward or me being able to move towards someone and saying like, I recognize that what I said right there was hurtful. I really would value hearing how you were impacted by my words and then processing that situation and moving toward the repair. And like you said, curiosity and kindness. And it, it's been literally very life-changing for me. I think in our, particularly with our story group, who we call the Pearls, and we meet together usually often twice a week. But when we have had rupture and repair 
situations, it's it's just had a big impact for all of us and really been life-changing and helps build trust and brings us more into, I think, that whole aspect of earned secure attachments. I mean, all the other stuff is important, but this is really a big component when we can experience the rupture, work through it, and on the other side say, yeah, hey, better than before. Mm-hmm. Takes immense courage. Yeah. We are going to do more on this subject because it's so important. And I want to name that as a child, when you didn't have repair and when you've had complex childhood trauma, you you didn't have repair most of the time. It's going to feel scary to stay in a relationship because it was easier to just like you, you stop expecting repair. Mm-hmm. This, this is a shift for us, right? To be able to say, no, these people want to repair. I, yeah, I, I look forward to doing the episode on that. So just a couple more things we want to mention. One is really slowing down and just taking that one day at a time approach to this process of healing because a lot of disruption can happen as we begin to recognize our insecure feelings rising up or our fears or our tendency to be avoidant or whatever our typical reaction would be. Now, as we begin to feel the pull to go there, if we slow down enough, we can say, wait, I, in this relationship, I don't need to do that. And if we slow down, we can see more clearly and then we can choose differently. And so Mm -hmm. slowing down and just taking kind of that one day at a time approach is really important because there are going to be times when something gets triggered and you feel very much like I have to get out of this relationship right now. It's not worth it. It's too scary. I've made myself too vulnerable or whatever the situation is. But if we can just slow down, go through the processes, and then really allow ourselves to remember, okay, what I'm feeling is tied up in my story, not so much in what happened today Mm -hmm. or yesterday. And we will do a future episode on when it may be time to consider that we have to leave a relationship. That discussion takes so much thought and we recognize the fragility of it, you know, of being able to make those decisions in in important relationships. And I and I want to just yeah, I want to just dovetail that Candace and say like as you're learning about your attachment style and your attachment wounds, you will only have one or maybe two people that you begin to enter this healing process with. It's not something that you can do with everybody in your life. And the truth is, is that some of our relationships have a level of dysfunction or toxicity that would make it harmful for us to move toward in these kind of ways. So we're talking about those one or two particular relationships where there is an element of safety. And we're we're going to name those in a second, but we just have one more that we want to mention here. One more aspect of, of how we can heal from our attachment wounds. Yeah, that is that we want to enrich positive experiences, which basically means that slowing down and noticing when something 
does feel good, or you did show up, or you were listening well, or you were being pursued. It, it can happen in multiple ways, but it gives you a sense of kind of hope, really, that doing this work will make a difference. It will cause shifts as opposed to that young wounded place that hard things feel fatal. And we, we actually can begin to imagine, use our imagination that, wow, how far can I go to where I really experience deep love and joy and freedom within myself and in my relationships? Yeah, it's so, so powerful. And such an important part of our healing journey is noticing when we have those positive experiences, then just kind of sitting in them for a while and really in enriching them. That's so good. So we want to just name quickly, and we're just about out of time here, but what are the types of relationships that we can invest in that really are safe enough to do some of this attachment work? Yeah, and I'll just kind of go through this list pretty quickly, but it's a friend who has done or doing their own work. You're you're meeting each other with mutuality and you both are are really focused on earning that secure attachment. And then friends who already have a secure attachment style that can contain our journey while we are healing our insecure attachment. And then our story coaches, we we very much believe that a trained trauma-informed story coach can hold space for us as we are healing and experiencing those earned secure attachments different than a close friendship, but there's still elements to that relationship that allows us to begin to feel safe within a relationship. And then we also are big believers in story group when someone is ready to have more ears, more eyes, more voices in their healing journey. Yeah, so good. And then again, just briefly, we mentioned this already, but there are some relationships that we will begin to recognize that we do need to distance ourselves from because the harm that happens in the relationship just is is too difficult at this point in time. Now, maybe down the road, there, there can be some repair that can come or there can be increased elements of safety. But when there is levels of feeling unsafe in the relationship, we just want to be very clear that is not the person who is going to be able to help you heal your attachment wounds and move into secure earned attachment. So just, just really want to mention that. All right. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> I feel like we we covered a lot there. And I just want to say to our listeners, like as we said at the beginning, this topic is so important. Taking a look at and you know, doing some research on attachment styles and attachment wounds and secure earned attachment, it's really worth the energy and the time to put into it because this is another huge topic that as we begin to understand and move toward our lives can change in really remarkable ways. Yeah, so good to be with you in this conversation, Candice. Good to be with you today, Cher. And I look forward to having more conversations about attachment and rupture and repair in future episodes. I love you so much. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. 
Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.